Hello, everybody. It's Alicia Leshesky here with Miguel Ramos for another episode of CX on Point. How are you, Miguel? I'm doing well, Alicia. How are you? Very good. Very good. Uh, we have a very special guest. I think this is our first guest that is not in the United States. So we are super excited to welcome Cecchi Brajati. Hello, Cecchi from Italia, I believe. Hi, Alicia. Yes, dialing in from Italy. How very, are you doing today? Very good. We're very excited uh, to have you. Um, and I'm sure our listeners are going to be very excited uh, that she is a wealth of knowledge and a, a really interesting human. So we are very honored to have you on this podcast today, Chechi. Um, so Chechi joins us from Affinity. And uh, Chechi, I'd love for you to uh, to give us a little background on uh, on yourself, um, which is quite interesting, and uh, and your amazing company, uh, Affinity. Fantastic. Um, a few words about myself. Uh, before joining Affinity, I had a quite traditional uh, career. I studied uh, classics in Italy, then went over to London, did my MBA at INSET first and a short study at Stanford and joined McKinsey. I then moved into private equity investment until when I met Affinity. During my MBA, I really started to uncover my passion for entrepreneurship and technology, building and growing something. And so uh, that's how I decided to join Affinity. We were 300 people back then. We're now well over 2,000 and one of the largest applied artificial intelligence globally. And with them, I was first country manager for Italy, grow uh, in Europe, and now I'm in charge of US healthcare. Fantastic. Fantastic. So Miguel, I know we uh, have lots to cover here, so I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to you and, and let's, uh, let's start our discussion. Yeah, it's amazing, Chachi. Um, again, thanks for joining us today. Um, it's, it's one of those uh, unique things of every conversation I have with Chachi. The first question is, where in the world are you today? Because um, Chachi uh, does get quite a bit of miles. I know even uh, during COVID, it was challenging Chachi to keep you on the ground. It's true. I think I'm one of the few people who traveled a lot. And to be honest, I was lucky enough to spend the last uh, four months in the US, which was way more open uh, to business and to travel than Europe. And I just now went back to Italy a few weeks ago. So okay. I'm in Milan today. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I mean, uh, I'm sure it, it is as beautiful there as it is here in, in sunny South Florida today. Um, so, Chechi, um, just jumping into Affinity, it's uh, you know such an amazing uh, company, an amazing uh, technology you guys do with enterprise behavioral pairing. Um, share with us a little bit about uh, Affinity and, and how Affinity works with its clients and how it uses AI um, to drive business and, and outcomes for its clients. The intuition behind Affinity is quite simple. People buy from people they like, and we see that in retail all the time. Uh, you know, in Milan, I have plenty of coffee bars down my house and, and the price is the same. I'm going to go in the bar where I can have a nice chat with the bartender if I feel like it or a more silent one. So you really make choice depending on this affinity. And um, over the phone, not many people apply this concept. Uh, myself, I've been very frustrated sometimes. You know, you want to upgrade your SIM card, you call your provider, you wait a few minutes before being connected not to the right person, 
and uh, and then gets to a quite frustrating experience for you, the customer, but also for the agent. And sometimes you end up putting the phone down and say, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere else or I'm going to go to retail. So what we figure out is people buy more if they connect with the right people. There is a strong human element in every interaction. And we were the first company to discover how to use artificial intelligence to predict color and agent behavior within contact center. How we do it, we use data. So we have proprietary data transformation, artificial intelligence, linear programming, and other technologies that help us creating custom-made evolving model that catch patterns of the customer and agent match in real-time environment. So put it simply, um, when a customer call in and let's say they wanna buy a new broadband package or they wanna get a better deal on their mortgage or whatever they wanna do on the phone, today the, the company will direct them to the agent group. But at that point in time, the longest waiting agent will speak with the longest waiting customer, a sort of first in, first out. What Affinity does, it adds intelligence and they queue the system. So when an agent gets free, we look at all the customer in line and we have the agent speaking maybe with the third or fourth customer in line because we know these two people we get along with together. And thanks to that, we're gonna have better outcomes. You know, so if that's a sale, you're gonna sell more. If that's a retention code, you're gonna retain collection, healthy, whatever you're doing, better outcome, improve customer engagement and satisfaction and improve agent satisfaction. If we put that back into number, this means hundreds of millions of dollars in incremental value for our clients. Yeah, it's, it's an absolute amazing, uh, amazing platform. You know, I, I know you focus specifically on, on healthcare and, and really manage the healthcare business. Um, how, how have you seen AI and, and some of the things that Affinity does for its clients, how have you seen AI help healthcare clients specifically? Well, I have to say, I've been very excited uh, when I start uh, growing and building healthcare because I really believe we can make a difference to the quality of healthcare and help people live healthcare. So I think there is a, somehow some uh, positive externalities in working in healthcare. Um, when you turn into healthcare, it's not really much about buying. Yes, people can buy a few things, but it's more about patient and member engagement. Think about it. Why do you need to convince a person to take a particular medication or to do their annual checkup or to get their vaccine or you know, getting a nurse to come and visit you? Whatever you need to do, 90% of the battle is getting the member engaged. Once the member listens and trusts you, then it's much easier to get them to do the right choice for them. So when Affinity goes into healthcare, we take exactly the same approach and there is three key areas we can help healthcare companies. The first one is by driving more enrollments. So during annual enrollment people, we help payers sell more policies. That's our bread and butter. We've been increasing sales across all industries since 15 years. So that's quite easy and we do it successfully generating about a 5% lift. Then we develop two additional use cases specifically for healthcare. One is what we call care management. 
various companies would call it differently. But in short, we help keeping the Medicare and retirement and employer individual, if eligible, healthier. What we do is we help payer treat every interaction as an opportunity to improve health outcomes. This could be inbound interaction or outbound interaction. And it does not matter, you know, we are gonna identify where healthcare is lacking and help closing the gaps in care, booking, enrolling in preventative programs, booking a nurse visit. So whatever the situation is, we're gonna to try to close these gaps uh, across the population. And then last but not least, we work with the pharmacy and pharmacy benefits manager to improve adherence and reducing cost to fill. If you think about it, there is a lot of studies that show that usually if you get your medication at home in the right quantities, you are less likely to forget to take it a day or another day. So we really convince people to have the medication delivered at home to move from a 30 days bottle to a 90 days bottle, or to move from brand to off brand. And these reduce cost for the consumer, but also ensure they take it at the right time on the right day. So these are the three uh, key use cases. We are today um, active on the market. And I'm confessing the um, healthcare industry is so wide that we are working on some new ones. And I'm pretty sure we're gonna bring many new ones in the years to come because most of the time consumer ask us to add artificial intelligence is another area of their business. Yeah, I know, I know uh, in, in previous conversations, you and I have had um, things like CTMs are, are, are really critical to what you guys are doing and how you guys are driving results for your clients. Uh, also, I know you guys are looking at things like, you know, lifetime value and retention of, uh, of, of members within healthcare, which is so critically important. Correct. And if you think about it, you know, our customer is really any company who has a large consumer base and a lot of value that trades through the call center. So anytime we can help influence behavior that is gonna be valuable for the consumer and the company, that's where we can help. And some use cases we've been doing them since 15 years, some are new, but the principle behind it is always the same. Yeah, actually, Chachi, um, just diving into a little bit of, of detail, I know that <clears throat> some of the impacts in healthcare that, that you have seen and some of the results that you have seen because of the use of, of the enterprise behavioral pairing has been fairly significant. Um, can you share some, some ideas of, of some of those impacts that you've seen with uh, the use of AI? For sure. So keep in mind as a company, we usually see a three to 6% lift depending on the activities. Our gain is driven by three key factors. One is data. You know, we need to have access to data. The more data, the better. But then the other two, one, one is volume. So the larger the group of agents are working on, the more we're going to have choice. And so the more we can drive gain. And the third one is heterogeneity. You know, let's assume for a second, if every customer is the same and every agent is the same, we couldn't generate lift. Or if you think about when you call to order an ambulance, 911, there is nothing we can do. You call because you want that. There's nothing else you need in that second. While if you're thinking about which 
healthcare plans buy, then there is some influenceability and some reasoning that goes into that. So, and this was, sorry, a bit of a long introduction to go to the point that we usually see about five to 6% increase in sales, which usually is, you know, the Medicare or Medicare Part D policies. But once we go to the other use cases, so for instance, care management, closing gaps in care is an activity that is very uh, different. There is so many different gaps you can close. And so when you work with large payers, like we do, and you work on these activities, we see gain that goes up to 20%, just because the call volumes are huge, the data is very solid, and the possibility of healthcare like we can close are huge. So we usually see about a 20% on the gaps in care, and then uh, five to six on the safe space. Uh, to put that into uh, money terms, that would be usually at least a couple of hundred millions up to a billion for the largest payer in the industry. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you've uh, you've been able to take what has been a um, kind of panacea, if you will, in the contact center industry and, and take what has typically been a cost center and really convert it into a, a profit or at least a optimal generating center, um, which is really, really amazing. Yeah, you know, you're spot on. I think before joining Affinity Admit, I was clueless about the amount of value that goes through the phone. I was one of the generation, always on the app, always on the internet. The reality is the value is huge. Not many people up to recently have invested into it, but there is lots of value to be brought to this um, contact center. And moving them from cost to profit gives them a new life and a new way for business to invest in them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, um, you know, I think the the use of AI that you're talking about is one that is, is really unique because um, you, you're using AI, but you're not necessarily taking the humans out of the equation. You're, you're really leveraging AI to make a better human experience. Uh, and that, I think, is just so critical in today's world. You are spot on. And, you know, I have to admit, when I joined and I was very excited to bring a new product and new technology into Italy, I would have never joined a company where they say, wait, use this technology. You can lay off all of your workforce. It was really not with my ethics. And in general, you know, this is really a sort of augmented intelligence. We help humans work better. And we understand there's going to be some transactions which are going to be automated over time all of the low-value interaction. But think about retention. One of your customer or member calls you because he wants to leave, he's very upset. I promise you, if he's going to speak with a chatbot, he's going to leave. Like, there is some time where human wants to speak with human, and we're just helping human work together in a better way. So I think you know, there is two things that really uh, made me excited about joining Affinity. One is this human element. And the second one is the fact that you can precisely measure it. And there is not many companies in the AI space that have this uh, unique factor. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, uh, Chechi, one of the things that I know um, sometimes people uh, raise an eyebrow at is, you know, this sounds really complex. Is this something that's just going to take years for us to get? I know, you know, products in the industry like speech analytics, although 
you initially deploy them quickly, it just takes a very long time to get them optimized and working. Um, you know, with with your experience with your healthcare clients, I mean, what does a, a, a typical deployment look like for something like this? So, first of all, we do not change anything in the customer existing operation. So whatever they were doing yesterday, they keep doing it today. We're sort of an overlay to drive this 5% extra. Having said that, this is usually about 300 hours of IT work. It takes about 50 hours because we're gonna send some servers to the data center for data to be loaded into. And you know, someone is to tell them which servers where to send them. About 100 hours for telephone integration, so that at the very last mile, instead of routing the call to the first available agent, we can send a signal and give it to the right agent for that customer. And then let's say 100 to 200 hours of data, so understanding which it is available and where it is. However, to make it even more simpler, we have over the years developed many partnerships with CRM system, telephony provider. So one, I think the biggest example is Avaya with whom we are natively integrated. So if a customer has Avaya as a routing engine, there is no telephony work. You just press a button and they can have affinity working. Uh, there is different levels of integration of our partners, but we have a full team whose only job is to make sure there is a smoother and smoother integration. Yeah, you know, Chachi, um, that, that's amazing. You you, you mentioned uh, a little while ago that um, what you guys do is extremely measurable. Um, how how does that work? Um, so when I looked at my results today versus uh, results after I deploy behavioral pairing, um, how do I know that that I'm being successful? So our algorithm runs in patented on and off cycle. We usually turn it on for 20 minutes and off for five. And we do that every day, every month, every year. That is very important for two reasons. First, we remove any exogenous factor. So you're launching a new offer, someone entered the market, COVID has started, there is a new rule, whatever happens, within a 25 minutes interval is gonna affect the on and the off cycle. And uh, second, we use the off cycle to learn. Our algorithms are continually evolving. We have over 400 data scientists that tunes the model daily or infra-daily depending on the clients to make sure they're always up to speed. And third, that's also the way we get compensated. And going back to the first point, you know, Let's say today you have an ultra payer and you are selling policies October to December. And you know that usually your conversion rate is, I'm going to make it up, 30%. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn affinity on in this interval, on and off, on and off. And at the end of the month, we're going to see that the conversion when affinity was on, hopefully, is, I don't know, 33%. And when affinity was off, it's 30%. So on this 10% delta we generated, that's what we bring. And this is very important because if you were to look at your conversion rate last year or last month or the previous day, 
it will never be statistically valid unbiased mechanism because many other exogenous factors would have happened. While here, every day, infra day, we measure ourselves versus the client. And the important thing is our clients keep improving. You know, they train their people better, they hire consultants, they try new strategies. So their off baseline will keep growing. And that's an incentive for us to become better and better. So it's a con- I think it's a very good continuous improvement for us and the client. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And, and, and you know, I know one of the unique things that Affinity brings is, is the pay for performance model, right? Where um, really Affinity is being paid when the organization's objectives and KPIs are being met. Right. So we, we're so confident in what we do that our standard business model has zero financial risk for our customer. What that mean is we cover, you know, there is no CapEx, hardware, software, maintenance fee. That's all on us. We deploy the technology. And once the technology is up and running, we only get paid a percentage of the incremental value we deliver. So no gain, no pain, and sorry, no pay. And if we deliver more, we get paid something. Um, This is important because for us, we invest in our clients and we also give them the chance to try it uh, almost for free for the first month so that they can be comfortable with the measurement and how it works. Once the clients are comfortable with all of that, we can evolve to any business model. But it's very important for us to make sure we only get paid based on what we deliver. Sure. That's a, that's a great model, I, I think, for the clients, obviously, as um, they really are focused on driving those objectives. I think it's just a, a phenomenal model. So, Chechi, tell us a little bit about um, the future. What are you, um, what are you and, and what are you guys working on from uh, an AI standpoint for tomorrow? So from an AI standpoint, we keep bringing uh, new products to the market. So what I just discussed today is our core product. We have a similar version for smaller customer, which is a sort of self-service with less feature product. We are working on developing this matching for every customer interaction, whether it's a video conferencing, a chatbot, uh, an app, you know, or even you know, into retail. So the reality is this intuition about people engage or people buy for people they like we're going to try to bring it all over. We're really a pairing company. And then specifically in healthcare, you know, there is so many, let me call it pairing or matching opportunities available if you think about it. The, the generalist, nurse, a specialist doctor. So I think we're going to keep evolving in this line of pairing and pairing better. Yeah, absolutely. That's, a, that's an amazing area. I think there's so many great opportunities there. Uh, <clears throat> When we work with some of our clients, it's areas that I think uh, just show an amazing amount of potential. So, well, Chechi, thank you so much. I, I um, uh, as I do with all of these um, these podcasts, I have one final question for you, and that is, uh, this is going to be a good one too because you've got a lot of miles that you've traveled in your travels around the world. Um, as far as cities and restaurants are concerned, what is uh, what is your favorite? 
I have to say, because I travel a lot, it's a tough one. I love traveling. I love uh, most of the cities. Um, I think as far as cities, my favorite is probably Istanbul in Turkey. I think, you know, the sea, the city, the culture is a wonderful mix. Um, and uh, in terms of restaurant, I'm going to pick one um, in Italy, a bit biased, in an island north of Sicily, which is called Panarea, and the restaurant is called Pina. And they make the most amazing eggplant gnocchi and, of course, all the various fish and mozzarella. So uh, if you ever pass by Sicily, definitely try Pina. Pina sounds amazing. Uh, you know, normally I have been to most of the restaurants that people recommend, but that is one I have not been to. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Wow. So I can't get my head around eggplant gnocchi sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for lunch, but it's only 1030 in the morning. That was awesome. The way you describe that, Chechi. Wow. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Uh, that was that was really, really interesting stuff to uh, to listen to. And um, you have quite an exciting job, Chechi. So thanks for for sharing a bit of that with us and, and with our listeners. Um, perhaps we'll have you come back again and um, and we'll continue this discussion. So thanks, Miguel. Any other parting words? No, thank you so much, Chechi, and um, we'll speak soon. Thank, thank you so you much so for much. having me. You're very welcome. This has been another episode of CX on Point with Miguel Ramos. I'll talk to you soon.